So I heard a piece of information today. Uh, oh, where's my camera? There I am. Oh, there you are, Beaver. Yeah, buddy. This is nice. A eh? new setup. I like it. Um, I heard a piece of information this week, and normally that's where the Dutch Hall is. It's like a week of uh, of like things running through my noodle, and then uh, eventually, like some of it just sticks. I'm like, I gotta get it out somehow, and I tried to get it out a couple times. Actually, I went to Sand Upset and just basically yelled at Banks for. For most of my set, you know, no jokes at all. It wasn't funny for anyone. But then I told one a couple of dick jokes to get out of it. Um, but uh, they, uh, but I just couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. I just because I never thought of this piece of inform- information before. And it's like, do you ever think about money? Like, do you ever think about? You hear about like how governments everywhere are like printing money, right? That's all you hear. They're just printing money, and they're and, and then so there's all this new money, right? Mm-hmm. But do you ever think like? Uh, how like how do they give it away? No. Like how does it enter the economy? No. That that I well, didn't. There's that small process of time where yeah, I'm in limbo where I'm like, oh, that's where that went. Like I think the they make money right, yeah. and then uh, there, there's one way they can make it. Uh, this is what I want to do on the show. I'll tell you how they make it, and then I'll tell you how to get it, and then I'll tell you what to do with it when you get it. Because it's crazy right now. All the banks, uh, sorry, all the governments uh, just believe that you can uh, just print more money and uh, nothing's tied to anything. It's what's called a fiat currencies. Everyone's got fiat currencies, which is kind of like a, it's kind of like a pyramid scheme kind of thing. But if you keep, if it keeps going, if people keep thinking your money's worth something, then it's worth something, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the day they don't, like uh, then the whole Ponzi scheme thing, comes down right and that's kind of what money is right now and so it's but then i think but i never really knew how they make like how they uh like for sure they print it but then like who who they give it to and then i think well there's some government programs or whatever they probably like give it to them or whatever you know it's gotta go to the treasury first right yeah i don't know like uh no sometimes it does yeah sometimes it doesn't like sometimes you can actually physically print more money and then sometimes like um in the case of banks, banks will make money just by lending. Like, like for example, if you, um, uh, let's say you and me both go to the same bank, right? Mm-hmm. And then you buy a farm. Yep. And then I want to buy your farm off you, right? And so the bank gives me money to give to you. And really it was just fictitious money they gave you to give me? And then they, well... It is, uh, no, it's like, uh, I'm basically paying your debt, mm-hmm. right? And then you get a, the leftover cash or whatever, but I'm, any cash you get is still my debt. Right. So like the bank can just like move around debt and then if they can, um, inject more capital, you know, through like uh, lowering the reserves or using their profits or whatever. Then uh, they can just keep kind of like making more like they can keep a uh, like they they just they determine where it goes and then the then they go to the Bank of Canada or the bank or the uh, whatever this what you're more or less talking about is like the big short credit swaps yeah but they um, but even if the money comes from like if they go to the bank if the Canadian banks go to the Bank of Canada and they get more money to lend out right yeah. That's some of this new money that they're making. So right. they get it and they lend it out. But they're the bank's deciding 
where the money goes. Right. You know, so like that's really the whole thing. Like it, 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 in order for you to get more money, you have to get more debt. Right. Because debt is money. Debt is money. And if you don't have debt, you can't get money. The only way you can get money is through working. Who wants to do that? And then, uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> but you, uh, when you do work, you know, like that's for your disposable part, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like your, the water you drink or like the food you eat or whatever, you know, stuff that you can't keep. But if you're that other shit, you know, like, uh, that, if you get debt for it, that when you eventually sell it, whether it be a business, whether it be a house or some sort of an asset, then you get money because you, tr- you trade some poor kid inherits your debt and then you get the money. So as long as there's somebody in line willing to take on the debt, you're going to get the get money. money yep. And that's why banks will take on lots of loads of debt. Well, the banks are taking on debt uh, because they're controlling the, 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 uh, the flow. Yeah. They're controlling the, their asset value. Mm-hmm. They, they know that their security value as long as they keep pumping money into that sector, let's say real estate, if they keep pumping money into real estate, they're going to fucking uh, uh, drive the price of real estate up, you know, and that's their security. So then they're safe to keep lending more. They're like basically making themselves safe by, by driving up the price of their asset, their own assets. Their right? own asset, yeah. Like the banks aren't going to lend to somebody something that's going to help humanity. They're, they're going to lend to something that's going to help the bank, yeah, you know? Right. And that's who determines where all this new money that's being printed is going a lot of times is the, these banks, you know? And uh, that's, they don't think they recognize how, uh, like, heavy a responsibility that is. Like, for you guys, for, for farmers out there, if all of a sudden the banks decide that farming's high risk and they don't want to lend to it, your asset values become worth a lot less. Oh, exactly. They, they just drop because nobody can get loans to, to buy them from you, right? Right. And that's the amount of power they have to say, this industry's good, this industry's bad, this one, you know, we're not lending to restaurants anymore, we're not lending to Oh, they could tank, whatever, you they know? Could tank my net worth in a matter of months. Yeah, if they decide, like, that's the thing, they have so much power, and the general public, they don't come up in conversation with elections... They don't fucking, you don't hear nothing about them. They're just like in the background, but everyone's got to go to them mm-hmm. to get any money. If I want to like, a, if I want to like uh, better myself in any way, shape or form, I got to go to the banks. Like I have to go to the banks. Oh, I got a funny story for you. So the first time, uh, first time I ever bought a farm, uh, my dad was like, Derek, bank's not going to give you money. They don't want you. You're too high risk. So I took his word for it. I'm like, so now what do I do? I need a fucking farm. Like, yeah, yeah. Like now. Like I'm paying too much in income tax. Like, want to? Might as well instead of pay the income tax, might as well buy a farm. Yeah. So I had to borrow money from him. And then three years later, when I worked my bag off, paid the down payment off from my dad. Yeah, then the bank would give me money because. All the risk was out of their hands, or out of errors, out of my hands. Yeah, you proved you had a chance to prove yourself. So right. now you Instead have of, yeah. So they didn't. The bank did not want nothing to do with me, and magically they did, which I don't understand. That's like in society or in day to day, 
It's like someone not wanting to be your friend, and then you have to... Then all of a sudden, weeks later, when they realize you're cool, they're like, ah, you know what? You can come in. Yeah. It's like, no, the rest of the world would be like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. The same thing. I work... I, I'll tell the listeners before we get this show actually, like, officially started, but, like, just to the listeners now, like, uh, I am a drunk, sure, or whatever, you know? <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm a bit of a burnout, if you'd like. Whatever you want, how do you, but I also am a uh, trained economist who worked 15 years in commercial banking uh, and, or, and, and, uh, so I do have a certain uh, level of expertise and I have to tell you, I had to leave that world because my job was to tell people on a quite regular basis that I could not give them a loan because they didn't have enough money to get the loan. <laughs> when when the reason you get a fucking loan is because you don't have money. It's because you don't have enough money. <laughs> if they had enough money, they wouldn't need the loan. But if they didn't need the loan, I would give them all the money they needed. Right? Perfect. Is that a fucked up system or what? Huge fucked up. Anyways, let's talk about that fucked up system, how to exploit them, get their money, and then uh, use it to your best advantage. So you're, you're, what's, uh, you're what society is called a seasoned veteran in the world of... Uh... I like to believe that I'm like a moral. I'm like a, a snitch, you know? <laughs> like I've, I've, I've infiltrated their world. I'm like, a, like an undercover cop, you know? Kind of. I infiltrated the world of these douchebags, you know? I've immersed myself in their, in their culture for like uh, the better part of my good solid years you know damage my mental and physical health <laughs> for these cocksuckers right and then uh now i'm going to take this information that i gathered and i'm going to give it to all the bumblefuck people who listen to my program <laughs> as a gift to them to say this is how you can do it uh if you want to listen but i think it, i think it'll work like i think that the the i even t i was trying to explain some of my ideas to the banker his eyes were like glazed over. He thought I was crazy, you know? Like, I don't think these are... I think I might be either A, crazy, or maybe I, I just spent a lot more time thinking about this shit than, than he did. So what did he say when he seen your background? Uh, he like, knows what he, I did, did but, he, like, did what did he, you do lately? Did you he, know? he didn't give it credit? When late? I first met him. What do you mean, lately? I haven't worked in fucking... Wait, what are you, what are you supposed to tell him what you did in the banking world yesterday? You tell like, him you're a two-time yeah, award winner? Uh, I didn't mention it. Yeah, maybe next time I'm gonna bring those fucking presidents club awards and just tell them a <laughs> just thing or two. Set them down first. Yeah. No, nah, it was. I, I'll tell you the whole story because, but because it's a pretty interesting story and it's a pretty. I'll tell you how I was pretty offended actually in the in the meeting because uh, of how I get treated now by bankers. Because I get treated pretty bad. I get treated pretty bad by bankers. Like uh, I know what they're doing to me because I I've been one of them. And I know the body language. I know, and you some of this could be my own insecurities that I'm totally writing a narrative and just criticizing myself. You know what's coming next. You be the judge. You know what's coming next, always. Yes, and I know what's coming next right now, and it's a thing we call the goddamn theme, theme song. song.
Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Dutch Hall with Pete Van Dyke. I am Pete Van Dyke, and this is the Dutch Hall. That's how we came up with the name. Uh, we are here Thursday night, classic Thursday night here in the pool shed in Pine Grove. And we have the classic Holy Trinity of Season 8 back in the Dutch Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, to my immediate left, he is running the board and been a, just a, a real uh, stalwart to this program. Kevin Van Dungeon, everyone. Yeah. We heard it uh, come up with a handle for you, did we, Kevin? No, Kevin the yeah we need a handle yeah Kevin it needs to be like Kevin the Hammer Van Dungeon you know like something like that like Kevin the take it the Rock <laughs> not I'm not ha- I'm not Hammer you'll take the I first one you I just think said. Beeb gets the hammer but <laughs> yeah maybe you go like see you are let's just flesh out Kev's character okay all right Kev is a um, goodwill hunting type yes he is right He's what like, he does is he does uh, he, he he hangs around with a mop and solves the the greatest problems that our society has. When That's I look great. at Kev, I see Matt Damon. Yeah. Really? So do you know the Matt da- anything about that character? Like, what movie is that again? Is that Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we could call him uh, uh, Will Hunting, Kevin Will Hunting Van <laughs> Dungeon. That's not a good name. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to. How about Kevin? How'd you like how you like them apples? Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll call you Apples. Apples. Kevin Apples Van Dungeon. Yeah, I like. Uh, I like your first. One. How you like the apple? Yeah. How you like them apples? How you like them apples? It's long. It's how you like them apples is a yeah. It's a long name for a nickname. But, but you know what? You might be able to pull it off. We can pull it off. I think. We'll try it next week. We're not we missed our opportunity here. today. Yeah, we, we, we won't put a we won't put a hard you know yeah staple on it, but. I'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's a it's a working nickname. And also, and to my immediate right, we have uh, to complete the Trinity. We have uh, Derek the Beaver Van Hoot number one. Yeah, buddy. Derek uh, is is back again, and uh, every week you come back. Now uh, you look like you're a little bit healthier. You look, you gain a little. You maybe you had a little bit more nourishment. I've come back. You know, you're come, starting to come back. I've come back. And I'm happy to see you, buddy. And uh, we have, um, uh, we are here. Is a handle. He already. I have in English. I have many handles. Yeah, one of them is your big handle that's right uh, right between your legs, there, buddy. I know. I know. And speaking of that, I've got a major announcement. You're gonna announce it on the show. I am going to. Oh well, please go ahead. Do I wish? Do we have a drum roll you can find in there? Uh, I bet you there is. Yep. Oh, there it is. I have managed to, on my own, procreate. Hey, uh, Planet uh, One D, play, way to go, Beaver. Uh, another baby Beaver on the way. Yeah. So happy, and it does actually lead me to another great shout-out for this show. Uh, one, of the, one of the members of uh, the Dutch Hall cast and one of the great supporters of our show, Michael Bowe, uh, our band leader. Uh, has just uh, we watched this guy in the hundred thousand downloads in the time we've got the hundred thousand downloads, we've watched this guy go from having a girlfriend to going through the uh, a breakup to to being a single man to be, to finding the love of his life to to being engaged married to welcoming his first son into this world and now I'm happy to say we've uh, been doing programs to welcome the birth of Michael's new baby daughter to this world. 
You just had a baby girl. Tessa. Tessa. Tessa Bowe. Congratulations. Tessa Marie. So this is just a festive occasion here in the Dutch Hall. Very festive. We should open with all the festive stuff instead of, like, yelling about the banks, eh? (laughs) And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, the other creepy fucker in this room, and that is Robot Dave. Uh, Robot Dave, everyone. Thanks a lot, Pete. Oh, nice. Your mouth even moved. And now, Robot Dave, you went. Uh, has gone under a bit of a, cons- like I, I've I've uh, tried to. Uh, I, I fixed him. He looks like he's got a bit of a draft neck going on. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he has seemed like over the years his shoulders have, or over the weeks his shoulders have sunk. Sunk. They sunk. Yeah, they definitely have sunk. A bit of a mouth breather today too. He needs yeah, he likes it. to keep it open. He's catching flies. There is a lot of flies in here. He needs a little plastic surgery. Oh, he shut it. He did. Come on, turn your head, fucker. Don't be so... I, oh, I fixed him. I spent time fixing this today. Oh. He's stubborn, eh? He is stubborn. Anyways, oh, the cog, I believe in his head turns. Goddamn technology. I felt like a whiz. I was going to show off, and it turns out he let me down like he does every week. <laughs> Robot Dave, you piece of crap. And uh, I'm your host in two time. Two time. President's Club Award winner. Yeah, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, Pete Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah. All right. Big man right there. Yeah, yeah. I was dragging it out. I wanted a big, like, a big, you know, like, when they do that, they drag that thing out. It, like, it really makes you, like, you're Derek the Beaver Man. <laughs> that was good. That's right. a heavy Bruce Buffer right there. All right. That, that, that was good. Like, horns and stuff oh like that's that. what i want to do with your intro and say you got this beautiful this beautiful voice you hear is Derek beaver van hooten he gets people give uh shout outs to the beautiful uh quality of your voice eh? yes, they do. and then they and uh it's a it sounds like a radio voice people will say mm-hmm. and uh the secret is i figured out your secret what's that Cigarettes and a huge hog, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's all uh, it takes. And a nice plate full of uh, treats. Mm. A couple of beers. Yeah. Just need a couple. Oh, well, this is a great show Wet so far. Wet the whistle. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, yeah, I want to tell you about, like, like I want to, like, because I've worked for the banks. My experience of, when I say I work for the banks, I worked for a real bank t- twice. Worked for two real banks. One I worked for for two months. Uh, one I worked for for four days, right? <laughs> and uh, so I have been only in real banks uh, working for for that for four two months and four days, and uh, so I don't have a plethora eh, I, because fin- I w- in the financial world I'd say you're you're you've got some years behind your belt. Well, I've worked with I've worked with these guys because I lent money for a uh, Crown Corporation, which they they the difference is like regular corporation is like uh, is like uh, they're motivated by whatever their shareholders want, which is money. Yeah, and then uh, a Crown Corporation is motivated by whatever their shareholders want, which in some cases could be something different. And in my case, it was helping an indus- the industry I was in, which is agriculture. So then, to me, so they could make a decision that wasn't maybe money related, but it was what was best. Right. Right. So to me, that was still doing good. And then, um, but the banks, they were crappy to people, and I couldn't stay there either time. 
Like it was, they were terrible to people. They would, when they, when you would, they would say like, how do I would say like, how do I, uh, how do I determine like how much interest rate to charge these people? You know, Mm -hmm. they would be like, well, like whatever you can get. What are you serious? It's like a used car dealership. Yeah. Like if you, if they complain, like lower it, if they don't, then see what you can get. So they more or less, if you complain, you get a bunch. This is a long time ago. This might not be the way it is now, <laughs> but this was like 2001 or whatever. But yeah, they 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 said, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was told. And I was like, that's fucked, man. That's not right. And then I said that for two months. I said, I kept saying every day, this place is fucked. This isn't right. You know, like, don't you guys care about people at all? And uh, I was told at one point in time, like by the, a person there, and thank God he did it. I had been there for like a month. And uh, he says, everyone here hates you, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what? Why? And he goes, because all you do is tell them that the place that they work at sucks all day long. <laughs> and then they, a lot of them like, think that it's not a lot of fun to come into work and hear that their place of work sucks all day long. You know? They like the truth. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it does suck. Like, this is crazy. And then he's like, see, you're doing it. You're still doing it. You know? <laughs> <And> the- <laughs> you can't not do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I knew. Here's a question, though. Uh, does that. Uh, does that like plan work at FCC too? What do you mean? If you complain, they just give you a lower. <laughs> no, no, no. That was what I liked about it because they would uh, put you into a risk model, and it would right. be kind of fair, you know. No, it is always it's always been fair. I'm just saying, the next time I got to re- read, yeah, it. if I knew a trick to it, I would have guys complain to me all the time, and because that was my competition was the banks, and that was their policy, some of them at least, and. Um, and so, like, guys would come in knowing that that's the way it goes, right? So I'd give them their price, and then they would argue with me, and I'd be like, fuck you. Like, what do you No, I just told you. You know how hard it was for me to get to that? Yeah. You yeah. know, like, I mean, uh, like, no, you don't get more. And then they'd be like, well, this, this sucks, because in their mind, they were trained that they always got a little more. So, like, if you want to give me prime plus one, then come in offering me prime plus a half, one and a half, and then let me argue about it and yeah. then give me the prime plus one. It's like, why don't I just give you the prime plus one and we don't right. have to go through that bullshit. Like just, just straight up give me the best Give me the generally. best price. This yeah. is it. And, uh, but see, back in the day, though, it was like a, a big game of cat and mouse between banker, bank manager, and person. Yeah. Right? Or farmer. or and this, Like, back in the day, we all said it. Our parents, the first person invited to our, to our parents' wedding by their parents was the bank manager. Was it? Oh, yeah. I guarantee your dad's uh, your dad's wedding. There was his, a bank manager there? There was a bank manager there. I doubt it. At, my, at my dad's wedding, the bank manager was there, the fucking, all the important people in the town, and then if there was then room, then you got to invite friends. Really? I yeah. don't know. My, I was always t- growing up, like just taught to hate those people. Like I didn't think there was they were ever our no, friends. They were buttering them up. Oh because yeah, because they wanted to fucking get a better rate. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like crazy. Like I, I know some guys. Like even when I was doing it, like they would always like be in all these pricing like co- competitive situations, and I always just thought like I'm not in those. I never get in those. And I was like, why don't I ever get in those? And you know what I think it is? They were all shitty lenders. 
<laughs> every last one. <laughs> every last one of them. But it is kind of true in a way. Like if you if your only trick is price, then you're probably fucking like not very good. No. Uh, like you're not building any relationship. The guy doesn't care about you. You don't care about them. You're th- you're saying all you are is a person to get you money, and all you are is cheap money. You know. I wish you were giving performance reviews for these people. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you like, buy a bunch of business and you think you're good at what you do. I mean, like, it doesn't take much just to, you know, just to drop your pants, you know? Like, how about you, like, give the person something of value and then they don't question the price because they're happy with the service they're getting and you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. See, Pete, for me, the difference for me, what my, how I feel when I'm borrowing money is, I feel that the bank wants to make sure I'm not lying. Or cheating them out. Whereas FCC, for example, like when I've I've had to borrow money, FCC will come to the farm and want to either see the farm that I'm purchasing or the the upgrade that I need this money for because they are genuinely showing interest in what I'm doing. Yeah. Whereas the bank, they want to just see if I'm just shooting from the hip here and seeing if they'll they'll give me free money magically. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just feel that FCC, like the people I've had to deal with in FCC, they genuinely want to see me succeed. Yeah. They're all, you know, they're also not going to, they're also going to tell it to me straight, but. I think the FCC is more like they want to see you succeed and the banks want to see that you have already succeeded. You're right. And um, the banks want to give you like an umbrella when the sun's shining. And they want to take the keys they'll when take it's raining. Away, they'll take it away when it's raining. Yeah, oh, that's for yeah. sure. Whereas FCC, they do not want any part of your farm. No, no, and I, I, I think any any real lender really doesn't want the security. It, it like that's the last thing they right. want, you know, because they don't. They're not. They're bankers. They're not like farmers, right? They're right. Not, or they're not like uh, what are they going to do? Yeah, what are they going to do? Take your farm and do what with it? Yeah, they're just going to ditch it as quickly as they can to liquidate right. it and minimize their loss. You know, it's, they really don't care. And the, the, but that's your life, you know, that's your, like sometimes generations, yeah. you know, and then, and if, and if the banks treat, that would break my heart, you know? Yeah. Cause that guy, I took it, took it too personal. That's probably why I wasn't made for that job, you know? Cause I, I took, I would lie up, at, lie up at night uh, worrying about these people's financial problems and they're sleeping like babies, you know? <laughs> And I was like, how come, <laughs> like, I shouldn't be, like, more uh, worried about this shit than the actual person whose problem it is, you know? Right. But I would, I would, you know, I, I don't know why, but, but I, I hated it, man. I hated it. Even now, like, I just hated going there and doing that stuff every day. I didn't feel right about it, you know? And even when I was trying to do good things, I just felt the whole system was kind of greasy, you know? But I never, to- I never told, uh, said no to anyone either. I always said... Instead of saying no, you'd I'd say like this is what you have to do to to, to get a yes to get a yes yeah so like you can't I can't say yes now but if you do this 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 and this then then I can do it and then at least they have something to work to do work towards yeah and then and if, if, if they if they come back and did that stuff well I'm obviously going to do it now you're also not going to give an, a, a goal that's easily attainable it's got to be it's got to be you're you, you're, you're you know, you're putting put your foot. You're putting your foot down, and you know. Yeah, like uh, for example, let's take your uh, your your uh, first example where you said 
no bank's going to lend to you because you don't you're not proven yet or whatever. Right. And then uh, so you you got the loan from your father till you could get the a couple of years under your belt and that sort of. That's a sort of a solution, you know, like where if if you did come to the to me, and I wasn't able to give you money because you because you didn't have any um, history yet, I would say like you you could uh, find this that way to do it, you know. But the fact that you did that on uh, anyway um, would to me show that you had the conviction to say like this guy's going to do it no matter what. Right. And then if a guy's going to be like doing it no matter what. Nah, he's probably not going to be like happy about not making his payments, you know? Mm. And then, so what would happen if a guy who's so determined that he's going to go through any step he needs to, to get this done. And then he knows one year he has a bad year and he's not going to make his payment. What do you think he's going to do? Sit around and like just bitch about it? Or is he going to be like racking his brain to come up with something else to do, you know, to like fill in the gap. Most likely he's going to be doing the last thing. And then you're like, okay, this guy's going to, like, no matter what happens to anything, going to just be, like, worried sick about it and figure out a way to pay the loan. Right. That's all you really need to know. Just do the fucking loan then. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, <laughs> like if it's not going to hurt him, if it's not something like where this right. guy's, like, biting off way more he can chew and he's going to, like, you know, harm his family because he's taking on too much or whatever. But if it's a reasonable thing and the person has that sort of attitude... Then you know they're not gonna like, they're not gonna be doing it. But it's the guy that's got all the answers. He's like real slick. He's like uh, comes like in there, and he's got an answer for everything. And Pete, can he's you, greasy. Can you also see? You can see drive too. Can you like as a? As that's a, what I mean. Like yeah. that's what I mean. It's like drive. It's yeah. like this guy's gonna like the this person's doing what they need to do to make their thing happen. They they're not accepting another alternative to it. Where there's a lot of people where they'd come in for that first loan and I'd say you don't have a proven history yet and you'd have to go to your dad and they would hear you don't have a proven history. They don't want me. I suck. I'm never going to be able to do this. Yeah. You know, and then they just walk away defeated. They didn't have the conviction to want to do that thing. Right. Yeah. I suppose if they never even ask you like, well, what could I, what, what do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you don't have it. Sorry. Yeah, if you just accept the no, if you just go, oh, okay, I guess I'm just going to go. Well, then you're well, like, oh, I made the right then. decision saying no to that guy. Yeah. Because that <laughs> yeah. guy's like got no fight he in him. He folded, yeah. He yeah. folded like a dirty shirt. How are you going to be a farmer if you don't fucking know how to like uh, work through a bad year once in a while? Yeah, yeah I never accept no. <laughs> there's always got to be a maybe. Mm. Yeah, you strike me as there's always a solution. There's always got to be. There's got to be something. Like, yeah, I'm man. Not, it may not be pretty. And it may... We'll figure it out. Right. And it may take longer, and it may not be fixed right now, but I'm not fucking stopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was born to do this shit. Yeah. You just do it. That's kind of like a... But you also... It, it's not just... That philosophy shouldn't just work in just farming. No, it's whatever you do. It's yeah. whatever you do. Like, there's too many people, I think, that are satisfied with okay. Yeah, yeah. My wife really hates uh, good enough. She doesn't yeah. like that expression at all because she goes every time you say good enough, it you know it's clearly not good enough. Right. Yeah. You know, it, you, something's fucked up about it. That's why you said good enough. Yeah? It's a band aid word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of band uh, aid solutions to things, and some of them I realized how sick I <laughs> I was when I look at them. Like you. Yeah, like, but which is okay to have some. Oh, oh fuck! I was, I, I'm stupid, eh? 
And then you learn, and then you never do it again. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm pushing fifty. I'm still doing fucking stupid things, like dumb, dumb, like never been on this earth a day kind of <laughs> things. It amazed myself. Anyways, uh, I went to this banker. Right, I had a meeting with the banker, and and my wife was there. Right. Yeah. So then. Uh, oh, it wasn't standalone. You were yeah, team effort. Well, we're a partnership. Eh? We we went to church. Two candles became one. That's how it works. Nice. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm sitting there with this banker, and now I am, um, like, I used to have a job that that paid okay. Uh, I do not anymore. (laughs) On paper, I look like shit. In in fact, in 2020, I made as much on paper as in a year as I made in two weeks uh, at, uh, at my job. And uh, I would say in 2021, it would be somewhat similar. No. I'm probably going to make about the same, you know? Yeah. But. Quality of life? Real high. But that's not my goal right now. In fact, my goal is not to, like, I don't need to show that I'm good on paper, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as I got my house, then I was, my house, I'm like, oh, this is a nicer house than I ever thought I'd live in. I'm not going to get a nicer one. Like, this is it. This is my last one. And then it gets shittier from here. You know, I'll trade in for an RV or something. You know, like, <laughs> like uh, that's the way that's I look at it. Man. So I'm like, uh, so that's done. And then my wife is like some sort of a, like a machine or something. So she can look good on paper. She's not going to stop anyways. Right. So she looks great. So then, then my goal was equity. You, build, you go to equity and then work on building equity because you don't have to pay tax. You don't have to um, pay tax until you realize the money, right? So you can be making this money on paper, but not realizing it. So then if you're just going to be earning it and then putting it into an investment, Mm -hmm. then what's the difference of just working on, you know, like by earning through your equity? Uh, So I worked on equity strategies and so I can minimize how much money I claim on paper so that I look like shit, right? And uh, that's not a good thing when you go to for a loan. So, uh, <laughs> but I kind of know that because I got my wife in my back pocket and she looks good on paper. So that's like, I'll be okay, right? Yeah. Anyway, so when people talk to me, but I, but my wife doesn't really know much about banking and I worked in it for like a decade and a half. So they, she's, she usually defers to me for my expertise. You're right. And uh, the banker... Um, really likes my wife, right? Like uncom- uncomfortably? No, no, like he, not uncomfortably or anything, but like you can tell that he is there for a meeting with my wife. Oh, like she looks good on paper. Yes, because she looks good on paper. He, she looks good. When I have a question, it's Mr. <laughs> fucking makes two <laughs> nickels here has a question. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, if I was Jane, I would do this, right? It was all. Are you serious? Oh yeah, his whole body language, everything. He would turn. His, he would shoulder up to my wife to answer the questions. The one time I said, "Well, why don't I just get bridge financing through from her company or whatever?" And he goes, "I would really uh, counsel Jane's company to oh my get you know to buy my investments." So or how, whatever. okay, <laughs> you know how long did it take? 
in this meeting before you really wanted to punch this guy in the fucking face. I know why I was doing it because I know my position, right? Like, I just have to accept it. It's the same sort of treatment you get if you go bring your kid to the doctor's office with your wife. Oh, yeah. You ever bring your kid to the doctor's Not office with yet, your wife? and uh, they'll probably shoulder my wife instead of me. Yeah, they do not, they they would uh, ask, we'd both be sitting with our kid, this one they're like babies, eh? the doctor comes and says like, uh, so like, uh, has she been running a fever? And I, the, she's clearly asking my wife, not me, yeah. right? And I'm like, well, she's, my wife's been at work. Yeah. And like, <laughs> been she, taking- she just got in here to for the appointment, you yeah. know, like I've been like. Trying to care for these kids all day and like bring them to and meet my wife at the appointment, you know. So like I'm like the main caregiver, and so I'm like uh, I have all the information, you know. Yeah. So I'm fucking listen to me. I'm giving it out like so she asks, and then I answer, and then the perception from her is that I'm mansplaining or trying to dominate the conversation. No, I'm the fucking primary caregiver. Like you gotta. Like I'm the one who spent the day with the kid. Like I know I have the freshest information. Like right. Like, I'm here, too, and I'm a parent. Well, I mean, what I hate most in life is when you ask a question and it's answered to somebody else. Oh. Like, fuck me. I, and I asked the fucking question for a reason yeah, to yeah. get a specific answer from the person I'm asking the question. Yeah, yeah. Not. Well, I hope like, that's how she was acting, but she wanted it from my wife. But I'm like, well, you're asking the wrong person. She doesn't have it. You know, she's been doing her job, and yeah. I've been at home with the kids. So like, but it's just like you. The, that's how you, as a parent, the father gets shit on publicly. But, but yeah. Pete, it's also tough because we were raised to whether husband or wife to have an opinion. I think where so so. Whether it's a family gathering or one-on-one conversation or a one person running the conversation of ten people, if you have an opinion, you 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 say it and you get a response. We're not used to the have an opinion or have facts and then to be broadcasted in a different direction. It's almost like Jane was your interpreter, right? What? It's almost yeah. like Jane was an interpreter. Jane was an interpreter for you, and you were like, what the You're fuck? You're speaking a different language that the doctor didn't understand, but yeah. she would have said the same words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been just fine. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, even when I was saying it, she was still like, I asked your wife, you know, kind of thing. Like, uh, <laughs> And I was like, but, you know, like, I, that's when I really feel, the only time I really feel like where, like, I'm doing my job here. And I'm, uh, this is gender inequality here. Mm. You know, like I'm going to call gender inequality on this. There's two times. Also, when you go to uh, some uh, grocery stores or apartment stores, they'll have a new mother parking. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, what if I have the same two car seats? You, you'd like you'd like it to be uh, Can I park new, there? new parent parking? New parent parking. Why can't you just say parent? Well, yeah. you know why? I would actually love that because... I got a kid seat in my back seat all the time. Yeah, so you get I to just, park there. Just go park there, whether yeah. I've got a kid or not. That's why I always have a wheelchair in my back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You seriously do? Yeah, just a well. Sometimes I don't. The times I don't, I usually like to have a person who at least has mangled legs okay. sitting in there. <laughs> Solid limp. Not too yeah. many people have a wheelchair just readily yeah. accessible. No, I'm lucky. Uh, I'm lucky. I know a lot of. 
A lot of cripples, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you got one of those signs in your front of your windshield? No, my mom does though. It's great. When I drive my mom around, I get to I take her vehicle and if, I get to if, park. If that was my mom, cool spaces too, and you do it. Two wheelchair spaces, awesome. double park in the wheelchair. Double park. <laughs> That's something. There. If that was my mom, I would take her sign and photocopy it. Oh, really? Oh, fucking right, I would. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, I she actually needs and, it, and I'd wonder how long <laughs> it would take for that one belligerent person in the in the parking lot of the grocery store or walmart to say what the fuck you are not should you should not be there i got a question are you allowed to use the handicap uh shitter well why not because you're not handicapped oh i don't know i don't i don't think that's policed says who <laughs> like the, I just, I'm just saying. I just say mental illness. That's good enough. Uh, oh yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. These days in 2021, you don't fucking need any facts. Well, because I think I am disabled enough then in that regard because I like bigger stalls. Yeah, okay. You could say you have a fear of small spaces. I don't like the small stall. The handicapped stalls generally got a higher toilet. I like that too. And handle to and get off the stall. Sometimes nice if you need to like if you need to help up, I don't like to sit though. Maybe you can use it to help yourself uh, like like hover. What if you wanted to just? But either out? way, you can hang your coat. You have a nice little walk to the toilet. You know, you don't feel you get. It just feels like a nicer place to take a shit. Like you have your own room versus just shitting in a little well, stall. The reason why I agree with that is because your instinct when you're in public restroom is is you don't want to touch anything. Yeah. And if you got if the if the stall walls are further away from you. You don't feel like you're going to touch something. Like, I'm heavy against... T- like, I we all know what goes on in public bathrooms. Oh, oh, it's fucking disgusting. Yes, apparently okay. Toilet paper, apparently, like, just a thin sheet of toilet paper on the seat is good enough. That's what... Uh, that'll I do, that'll I, stop any disease. Oh, yeah. I, got, I got a story. I do that, I do that a lot. <laughs> this, you got to worry now about people sticking... Like, uh, like, people that shoot up. Yeah. They'll fucking rip open the dispenser. And stick their needle after I don't they, believe it. And then stick it in the toilet paper to clean it off. Yeah, they put it in gas tank handles and all that shit, too. Those are, a, I don't know if that's real stuff or not. Who? They're too fucking drugged out. They just lie there. True. They're not going to come up with a scheme and then go try to hurt you me. Would, you, would, you would need to think pretty think hard about it. sticking a needle into toilet paper. They're just going like this. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. I don't imagine really like a... Cleanliness or st- uh, sterile needles, your priority if that's how you're doing it, either. No, but I got a question for you. Airport bathroom. You're in an airport, you got to take a shit. What do you do? What's your airport shit strategy? You're in the airport. Well, I can tell you right now, my strategy is take a shit before you leave and don't take a shit <laughs> till you get to your destination. What happens right. if you're on your way back from a destination like, say, Cuba? Yeah. And you've been eating some food that doesn't quite agree with your tum tum. Yeah, you got emergency shit. This is an emergency shit in the airport. What do you do? Whole roll of toilet paper on the seat. (laughs) I'll tuck. You gotta go, and then you don't tuck the dick in. You gotta go handicap. You can't tuck in family bathroom. Well, you could handicap or family bathroom. You look for that. You're not going public bath. You're not going that big fucking one. No, No, you can't do it in there. Here's a move. It's too gross. Squat on the get. Put your feet on the seat and squat. Like the Asians. Yep. So I got. I, That's I was, not a bad idea. I was uh, I was renovating my house this winter, past winter, and the the plumber I had, and he's like, "Man, I kept on having to go to this uh, this farmer's place and replacing the toilet seats all the time." 
Yeah. Cause and uh, he's like, why are the toilet seats keep Can breaking? I guess? I know why. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Guess. Vietnamese are shitting on the back of the toilet. No, almost. But uh, <laughs> so it was in the bunkhouse. Oh, really? So he had he had people from Mexico on the farm. And apparently in certain places in Mexico, you don't sit on the seat. You squat on it. If, no, yeah, you stand on the seat and you squat. In Mexico, too? No, certain parts. Oh, just in the certain parts. I don't know if it was Tijuana or a squatty what. potty. Yeah, Charters talks about Charters talks about uh, using the uh, sliders in Japan. What all the, what? the time? You know, sliders. You ever heard of slider? No, I never heard of that. So you go to a lot of the Asian countries, and uh, there's just like a slot in the ground, like it's a slot in the ground, and you kick it over. No, it's just a hole in the ground. Okay. It's just like a hole in the ground, and you just shit in the hole. Standing up? No. This is it. I'm gonna. This is a physical. This will be a physical bit. I'll show you. I'll show you how to do it. I have to get my microphone off. Now, Charter's uh, always does an eloquent job of explaining it, but I'll have to show it to you. But it's like you ever see how Asians smoke too? It's just basically like this. You basically are going like this and yeah. shit in the ground. Oh yeah. shit. It's actually when you even just do it like this, when you just squat like this, I wonder if it feels get, like you're going to take a shit. Yeah, I wonder like, if they get spray on their feet. It really opens your crack up <laughs> so you don't get, I think it's good from that perspective, from a wiping perspective, and there's no water to splash into. Yeah, you're right. You're, just fuck, you're shitting in a hole like an outhouse hole, I think. <laughs> but I think they call it a slider because you can... You slide it open, you know? Yeah, would you want to put your hand on that slide? No, I think it's some other mechanism. I'm oh. not sure. Always use your foot. But I don't know. I, I wish Dave was here. We'd ask him how you sh- like what you actually shit into. But he said, because he was there, he's like, I'm going to give this thing a try. And they and uh, they think Western toilets are gross because you're, like, sitting on it, right? Oh, they fear that touching. Like, don't touch anything. Don't That's touch gross, it. you know? And, and I get it. Also, a lot of cultures think toilet paper is gross. So what the fuck do they use? Water. Bidet. Yeah. Tushy. What's that? Yeah. Tushy. I can't say their name. Okay, just think so about. So they sponsor me. Those cocks. I still don't think a bidet would be enough, man. I'm I'm heavy on the cleanliness, man. Like, just splash water and then you can pull your pants up right away. Like, uh, you need a fucking wipe. Still need a wipe, eh? You still need a wipe. Something to dry off. Yeah, you need fucking, something. I'm not a fucking animal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I gotta talk to like uh, AJ or like uh, Adder or something like that because I know they do something too. They got like a spray bottle by the by the toilet. Like there's oh, like really? a, something that, like they just keep a, like a some sort of a water bottle or something by the toilet and they just spray it up in their ass. But I don't know if they towel off after or if they just like air dry or what. <laughs> just, just blowing the wind or what yeah because he said he was one of the people that said he thinks toilet paper is kind of a gross thing not me so you use your like whatever genie lamp thing he's got maybe because he's only grabbing one piece at a time you gotta fucking you gotta wad that maybe. up you gotta wad it up man maybe it's the uh, north american diet maybe if you're eating a bunch of whoppers and a fucking bunch of chicken nuggets you're going to need some toilet paper. Greasy. If you're just having like a falafel and some hummus. Straight out. I had some yeah. fucking KFC It's today. a nice dry shit with nothing to wipe off. It's just like coming out, scraping its way out. I, I had some KFC it. today. It didn't agree with me too well. No. You want to know why? KFC. That's your problem right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you do not eat that without diarrhea. That is a, the thing that comes. That was a birthday message I got, eh? 
this week. It was from my friend Adrian. I got a birthday message, and it said, uh, Hey, Pete, uh, sorry I missed your birthday. I had diarrhea. Oh, that's pretty honest. <laughs> I woke up in the morning. That's the message I get on my phone. <laughs> like, I haven't heard from my friend Adrian in a long time. Oh, he sent me a message. This is nice. Oh, happy uh, belated birthday. I have diarrhea. He remembered and sh- <laughs> and shared. He, yeah. He more or less put uh, uh, a kind word out, and then he put a descriptive picture in your mind. Yeah, well, I get the picture of my, my disgusting friend <laughs> taking a... Uh, blowing ass into a toilet. Blowing ass, yeah. That's a, that guy is exactly the same as he's always been, and, and he makes me laugh. Cause, like, that's, that is so him. Fucking kills me. Mm-hmm. That guy makes me laugh. As hard as anyone in the world has made me laugh, and he also makes me sick. <laughs> yeah, at the same time. Like, he, like, like, his jokes that are bad are so bad, you would wish he would never tell a joke ever. But his jokes that are so good... Are so good. You think he's the funniest person you've like, ever met? How the fuck did? How did those two scenarios happen? Yeah, it's so, frustrating. His ad libs are, <laughs> are good. He does some things, and it's like this guy's the funniest person I've ever I've ever known. He's so funny. And then once you laugh, like pe- he'll get people like crying, laughing. Then he thinks he's on, right? Uh oh. That's the problem. Yeah. Then he ruins the it. Second for he himself. thinks he doesn't have to chase the audience. He needs to George Costanza it. Like get out. Like leave on a high and get yeah. out. We would always tell him, like, leave, leave, you did it. <laughs> Go, you're gonna ruin it. No more tags. You know? No more. You can't do it. Because he he'll end up be like, ah And then he leaves to crickets. Yeah. And you just like you don't even want his friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking embarrassing. <No. laughs> well, we used to have an expression when we lived with him in university, we'd always when he was when he would start bombing. We would just, uh, we'd wave like an imaginary, like our hand in front of his face. And we'd say, uh, I wish there was a wall right here. We always say that. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, that, that was what, uh, we, everyone just, I think one guy did it once and then we thought it was funny and we just kept, kept doing the same thing over and over again. Hmm. Then the, then the repetitious bit becomes the bit. eh? Anyway, that is funny. That is funny. Uh, anyways, uh, Adrian, I hope your diarrhea is better. That reminds us that we should probably do a segment, a quick segment we call Feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. Welcome everyone to Feedback. We got feedback. Are you uh, struggling? with uh life because it's hard uh then you should probably get some help you know i uh, got some help a year ago i've been with my therapist for just over a year now and i cannot believe the success that i've had it has really changed my life and for the better and uh all in just a year of uh doing what the guy x says and uh working hard at it and i'm really happy with how far i've come in a year and you could also have uh, the same sort of success if you're struggling with something. If you go to BetterHelp, uh, BetterHelp.com slash Dutch Hall. Uh, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It's uh, professional counseling done discreetly internationally. Wherever you are in the world, you can do it. And you don't have to wait in any lines with a bunch of other people who are struggling. You don't have to feel self-conscious like that. It's done mostly on Zoom. 
You don't have to wait uh, for like five, six months on a waiting list in order to get uh, an appointment. You know, a, a therapist will be in touch with you within 48 hours to be able to assess your situations and uh, start to discuss the next steps. That's a pretty good deal. And the, it's affordable uh, compared to most offline counseling. It is uh, a little bit cheaper, actually, in my experience. And so please, if you'd like to, give it a, a shot. That's betterhelp.com slash Dutch Hall. Click for a better tomorrow. That's better com slash Dutch Hall. And uh, special deal for uh, Dutch Hall listeners. You will get 10% off. Uh, your first month, if you use the promo code Dutch Hall, that's up. Uh, that's uh, what is it again? BetterHelp. BetterHelp dot com slash Dutch Hall. That's it. Okay, that's that ad. Also, go to our uh, website livefromthedutchhall dot com and uh, click on our Amazon banner, and you will do your Amazon shopping. And we can have some of Bezos's money. Because uh, I don't know if the, like uh, he's just using it. Not wisely. Well, he's fucking sending Shatner up into space. Yeah, you know, in a dick rocket. Yeah, like (laughs) they they make a they made a statement. Shatner comes out of the rocket and he's like, uh, "Hey, uh, um, (laughs) this is uh, amazing and it's profound and it's going to change the world." And he's crying and all this stuff. And uh, and I heard that. I heard when people go up in those kind of things. That they see the earth and they see how thin the atmosphere is around the earth. And then they realize how fragile this existence is. And they just, they, they have a sense of profound, like we have to do something to save the planet kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah, after they go up like that. And Shatner seemed to have that thing. You know who didn't have it? Bezos. Oh. Because when you're a fucking psychopath yeah. that's only like fixed on power, money, and like uh, more power and more money. And, and more, uh, uh, status and all that stuff. He goes up and doesn't still doesn't give a fuck about any of it. He just cares that. No, he's on. This is his second go around, right? And the super hot chick with the belly shirt and the and the jeans who was like uh, spraying the champagne afterwards. Uh, when she's hot, she but that girl doesn't get it either. She yeah. doesn't understand any yeah, sort she's of not, profound. She's not paid to get it. No, she's paid to woo. Yeah, <laughs> and show how good that uh, the Amazon's doing. Anyways. Yeah, but Give us some of the money. Go to Amazon. Uh, click on the Amazon banner. Do your shopping there if you have to shop with them. If, if Shatner's going to change the world, he better hurry up. He's fucking 90. Well, that's just it. They come and they say, you know, now it's not just for the scientists and the astronauts. Now the artists are going up. Yeah, a 90-year-old artist. You got, you're giving him like three months to do something with that. You know, like it's like <laughs> yeah. uh, he has no – that's the wrong artist to pick. Maybe pick somebody who's like – a little more uh, influential in society. It has something to say, maybe. Probably like forget. Yeah, he probably doesn't even think it. No one's going to believe him. He's like, I, have no, I just went up into space. They're like, yeah, whatever. That's the last thing he sure did. did. America's most wanted <laughs> yeah. narrator. Like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what he did. I swear, he, he was the narrator for America's Most Wanted, wasn't he? He was uh, on one of those shows, those crime shows. He was also a Priceline guy. Yeah, I thought he like, did a Priceline ad when he got off that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. probably could have got some money f- from him. Anyways, the uh, Shatner did it, and uh, that's crazy. Because I don't know why you pick it. Why well, you picked him? Because it was kitschy. But we want Dick Rocket money. Yeah. Anyways, give us Dick Rocket. They picked money. him because he was a fictitious character on a fictitious show. Yeah, he was Captain Kirk, right? Wow. How long does the whole trip last? Like a like a minute? I think fifteen minutes or something, top to bottom. Oh really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. About the whole thing, I, 
it's like uh, it seems stupid to me. Anyways, we were you know it's a real thing though. We don't have to go to space, but we might be able to go to Australia. Oh shit! Eh? Yeah, you know who talked to us? Emil Van Steeg. All right. Yeah, and he sends a picture of his couch. Kitty. Turn- yeah. Let's uh, see it. Oh, you want to see his picture of his couch? <laughs> I'll show you. This is the couch. He says. He says to us. He says to us. He says. He says. He says. Oh wait, I have to change the switch account to that one. All right, he says. Uh, uh, thought you might find. Oh, sorry. This was our couch. I would insist that you freeloaders keep on your yellow jackets when staying, is what he says. So that, to me, sends a picture of the couch, and he says, I would insist that you freeloaders keep your yellow jackets on when staying, which means that he's accepted our, uh, you know. Van Dyke party invitation. Basically, I I think by that message, what he's telling me is if you come to Australia, we can sleep on uh, his couch. Yeah, and he's he knows we're freeloaders, and he's accepted that. This is his couch, though. Oh, that's hilarious! It doesn't look like a whole bunch of. It's a. Oh, I like it. Yeah, best way to describe it is, uh, it's like a pink and brown couch, but like the way that the it looks like one of those couches that no one ever sat on. It was just to look at. <laughs> but the see how those are just like vaginas and bum holes. Yeah, they are. Every single one, like you could fuck each one of those, eh? That's why he wants yeah. you to keep your yellow jacket on. Yeah, because that couch looks like it's probably covered in jizz, right? Yeah, and the bottom pillow looks like the fucking legs. Do you care though? I just want to go. Look for, I just want to go use this couch. No, I would lie on that jizz-filled machine. Yeah. I probably, if I was lonely enough, you know, because I'd probably be away from my wife. I might stick my cock in that thing. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I definitely snuggle it. Would you switch every night, or would you go just stick to the same spot? Ah, no, good question. I'll tell you what I would do. <laughs> first thing what you first thing what you'd see me do is Sorry. search the house for some sort of vinegar and water. <laughs> yeah. uh, some disinfectant. Uh, yeah. It makes a douche sound when it's Yeah, and now I'm gonna be washing each and every one of those things inside and out. I'm gonna get those things nice and squeaky clean, right? Second step what I'm gonna do is I'm going with baby oil. Baby oil on each and every one of those same things up. See, Kev, I think... Kev, then what I'm going to do, think, Beaver, is I'm fucking each one. Boom, 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 oh. boom. Like this, but one, two strokes in each one. I'm not going to oh. give them very much. Give me a two-pump chump oh. in every one? I'm not going to finish. Whoever I finish in, they're the winner. Ah. Whichever fold of the couch <laughs> I finish in is see, the winner. See, Kev, I think, I think Pete, the curiosity would overwhelm him, and he would be like, all right, I wonder if the next one feels this good. You yeah. Know, I wonder oh, yeah. if the next one feels this good. Yeah, are they all the same? There's one tighter thing. And, the then then <laughs> and then he'd get a bad stitch in one. Oh, oh yeah. And then <laughs> I, would call, I would not be a, fr- a, f- a fan of that girl. Yeah. I would probably be insulting him. And it'd even. probably be like number three or four. Oh yeah, he'd be in. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the first one or the second one. Hopefully not. No, he's got to get a couple. Uh, he's got to get a couple rounds in. A little, little couch vagina. Yeah. So thank you to Emil. Yeah. But okay. and, and expect us anytime. Yep. We'll give you a heads up. Don't worry. We'll give you a heads up. But and uh, even if uh, that isn't his real couch, and then uh, it doesn't matter. We'll sleep at garage. Doesn't care. Yeah. There's a dairy barn there. I'm sure there's some warm bedding. I've Maybe slept on straw. I've yeah. slept on floors before. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Uh, I'm not a proud man. I'll I'll sleep anywhere. Yep. You just gotta make sure you give enough booze, eh? Eh? Mm. Eh? Eh? Huh? eh? You can create a pillow out of anything. 
<laughs> that is true. You can. And Na- a bag of nails? Um, I've used it's a uh, tough fellow. I've used a, yeah. ba- I've used a bathroom mat before. Yeah? Yeah. I think the worst thing I ever used for a pillow is like a shoe. <laughs> I've I've slept in a cardboard box before. I bet you can't say that. You really have? I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, so. Were you homeless? <clears throat> no. <clears throat> well, we felt like it. Me and my buddy Golden. This was in college days where we were going from college to college to college. And we went to this one friend's place. And they had a wall. Right in, like, this place, they were trying to get every bedroom they could in it, the homeowner, for college students to make money out of. They put a wall in between the fire, like, in the middle of the fireplace. Oh, you get double it. And, two heated rooms. and these friends of ours were so cheap on the utility bill that by the end of the night, I was freezing my bag off. So, the only thing I could find, that me and Gold could find, was is cardboard boxes. So, I'm like, Golden, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm going to fucking... I'm either spooning you or fucking in that cardboard box. Yeah. Or both. That would have been the move. Spoon them in the cardboard <laughs> box. <laughs> so. But if you could fit in that cardboard box and keep your body heat in that. Exactly. Yeah. It actually wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. That's, I mean, homeless are onto something there. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, uh, like, I, I ripped on all. You know how there's the fold on the bo- four folds? Yeah. I ripped all four folds off, <clears throat> stacked them. Oh, a pillow. And that was my pillow. Oh man, that's a veteran move. Yeah. yeah, I bet you there's even some homeless people out there watching you do that, and they're like, "Where the hell's uh, this guy from? He's yeah. like a genius." Yeah, and you know what you do is once you rip them off and you put them all on top of each other, you create a curl. Oh, so then and you can wipe your ass with it if you wanted to. It'd be a tough one, but well, well better than eat, nothing. Right? Rip that top layer off. Yeah, eat, just that, rip... eat that KFC. You're gonna need it. Oh yeah, that KFC's not good, eh? No diarrhea. No, I just, no, I didn't have any diarrhea. I just was, it was not agreeing with me at all. Oh, yeah. All that grease, eh? A lot of gargling. So <laughs> delicious, though. Yep. So, so delicious. delicious. Even good cold. They made me fucking pay for condiments. I was pissed. What? My, I was, I, I I ordered my fucking Big Crunch, and I'm like, you mind throwing some honey mustard in there? Because KFC honey mustard is fucking dynamite. Yeah? And they said dynamite. they charge you for it. They charged me 20 cents for a packet of fucking mustard. Oh, my goodness. This is where it's come to, eh? It's come to. I'm Those like, greedy fuckers. But, and then after that, she proceeded to say, would you like any ketchup with that? I'm like, do I got to pay for it? What's that cost? And she's like, nope. I'm like, how come I got it? What, what kind of wrap did mustard get? Especially honey mustard. Yeah, yeah maybe there's a big mustard shortage. Well. Probably is. Every, I, apparently, we're not going to be able to buy Christmas presents this year either. They're all fucked. They're all stuck in a port in California. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's going to be a weird Christmas. Get used to, like, knitting. Or something like take up a craft hobby because you're made making out of macaroni. Oh, it was, I got yeah. Speaking of knitting, so I <laughs> I did the whole when I told everybody that my wife was pregnant, I called my grandmother, and uh, first thing she said was, "Is oh Derek, I get to knit another blanket." Ah, uh, does she, she, she? Every kid, every uh, baby gets every a blanket. Every baby gets a blanket. She's like, "It's been a while. It's been a few years since I knitted a blanket." Do you still have yours? Yep. That's awesome. She even made it when you were born. Yep. Oh, wow. She's been at it forever. That's a nice tradition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, my my boys, my boys' knitted blanket is in our living room, and I use it to when I'm watching the hockey game. Really? It's big enough that you can have it? It's fucking huge, man. It's like full, <laughs> like a full bed sheet. Blanket. Oh, it's not a baby oh. blanket. No, man. It's full on. Oh, a real blanket. It's like no, like, it's there's no cheaping out. 
When my uh, kids went away to school, my wife had a plan to crochet a blanket for both of them. Yeah. She got, I know one's done for sure, but she worked her ass off to get that done. Hmm. And then we watched the movie and the same fucking Elaine from Seinfeld was in it and she was doing the exact same thing. Oh, right. I'm like, is it like, uh, are we that predictable? Like everyone does it like the same stuff. But yeah, we do. I love it though. They're comfy as hell. Oh like, yeah, like nothing some, like it. Like yeah. some knitted blankets are. I like everybody's always got that knitted blanket, eh? and you can tell if it's bought or not. Yeah, you know what? One time, this uh, guy I lived with, um, he had his grandma's afghan. You know what an afghan is? Yeah, oh, yeah. They got those big holes in them. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, it was a. It was so warm, eh? This grandma's afghan, but it doesn't look like it should be warm because it's got big holes in it, right? But it is. It was warm. It was and nice. It was a nice insulator. And it was heavy, a little bit heavy, so it felt good. And then one day we came home from school. We find another roommate of ours, this guy Jeremy. Sticking his dick in it. He was fucking uh, masturbating underneath. the. He had the blanket underneath it, like over top of him. But he underneath, you could see through the holes. Oh, he's, no. He's fucking jerking off to uh, Grace Under Fire. <laughs> what? Yeah, on the TV was... Brett Gra- Butler? Brett Butler, yeah. Grace Under Fire. What a weird wank. What a, yeah. what a pick. Yeah. What a pick. I think so, like, my buddy is, like, upset because that's his grandma's uh, <laughs> Afghan. I bet you this was a story. And he's like, ah, God damn it. You know, Jeremy? Like, it's my grandma's Afghan. And then right away we look at the TV <laughs> and it's, like, Brett Butler. And then he's like... Brett Butt, like, Grace Under Fire? Are you kidding me? Like, right away, the focus was taken off the blanket. <laughs> it was into the curious mas- masturbation mm-hmm. material that he chose. He wanted to get caught. Yeah, I don't know. This That was a desperate cry for help. If you're if you're uh, masturbating to Brett Butler, you're, that's a desperate it's cry for help. with an Afghan. You can see right through it. He must like old ladies. Cause, yeah. like, uh, Did he not think he was not going to get caught? Well, he thought he was home alone. We we just uh, he was home alone before we walked in. Ah, right. I we guess, walked in. Uh, it seems like a pretty public place setting in a house. The most public place in your house is the living room. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You See, this is what happens. This is the way I think it went down. He's sitting around watching the uh, Grace Under Fire, you know, well, and hot, uh, hot and horny. I don't know what the supporting characters were like on that show. Maybe there was a hot daughter or something. I don't know. But I don't know. But uh, the uh, but you're watching Grace Under Fire, and then uh, you're feeling a little frisky for some reason, right? <laughs> and then you're like, I don't even know the last time I busted a nut. You're sitting there like, no one's here. No one's here, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're like, how fucking horny am I? I think Brett Butler looks hot, you know? <laughs> and then uh, next, so now you're like, God damn it, those... Uh, you start like touching yourself a little bit under the blanket, right? You're not really going at it. You're just like your hand just kind of finds its way. You're throwing a test out to there. the warmth, and now you're uh, underneath the blanket with your hand on your cock or whatever, and you're not really doing nothing. Just kind of like you know, just maybe flicking it, and then uh, <laughs> the next thing you know, it fucking pops up a little bit, and then you're like, uh, it, it when it gets large, it goes through the Afghan hole. Whoa. Right. So then, now uh, you feel the tightness of the Afghan. <laughs> so other feelings are coming into play. Now you're like, Jesus Christ, this is getting better and better, right? Yeah, now I gotta fuck the blanket. Now you figure this blanket, <laughs> this Afghan, is like Brett Butler's vagina or whatever. You got it cooked up in your head. It's just too much for you to to go through with. And you're like, God damn it, I can't help it anymore. I'm overtaken with passion. 
Yeah. And you're just fucking the blanket. <laughs> you're fucking the blanket, and then all of a sudden, okay. your two roommates walk in. So what did he do when you walked in? He, like, uh, went, whoa, whoa, like that. <laughs> and then... Well, uh, like, you were supposed to w- turn around and like, go whoa, back whoa, out. I'm not masturbating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what you think I was doing, but I wasn't jerking off to uh, <laughs> Brent Butler. Right? <laughs> None of those things like, happened. Like he was narrating the story before you could even see it. <laughs> yeah. But he... Uh, yeah, I don't know. He freaked out, and then I uh, was like, uh, kind of like, got out of there. You know, like it was awkward for all of us. We all didn't want to be with each other <laughs> at that moment. Like we we're all like, we're all going to our rooms. I'm gonna have to burn my grandma's blanket. You know, yeah. Damn it, because you can't watch wash a knitted blanket knowing it's been violated. No, that's pretty much done. It's yeah. his blanket now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted a blanket. Yeah, maybe that's all you gotta do. If you want some of my stuff, just jerk off on some of my stuff. <laughs> it's yours. Yeah. Uh, That's a good lesson to leave it with, eh? I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think so. Now that I've given everybody, we're going to teach you how to, like, keep your money and all that stuff. There's no jokes in it. So we talked about shitting and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. And how to obtain people's possessions by yep. jerking off. It's jerking like off on your it. spot. Yeah. But it's true. If you do really want my stuff and pretty much most stuff, most other people's stuff too. Just jerk off on it and tell them that you did so. Yeah, and then they'll want to get rid of it. Believe me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you like that uh, toaster? Yeah. Yeah. The toaster's got my jizz all over it, and yeah. they're like, "You want it? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it." <laughs> so easy. Yeah. Plug it in first. Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not, that's how I made my fortune. <laughs> I came on everything you see here. I've come on. Oh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how I obtained it. Imagine that. I know I had a guy that would say that if you jerk off somewhere, you own that place. Huh. Like he goes, like so he would try to jerk off. Like if he goes some other place, he always try to jerk off in new places, right? Mm-hmm. No, he is a sicko. He also uh, one time was working on my farm. And uh, for planning time, and he only got to see uh, one woman, and it was my girlfriend. Oh, shit. Who's now my wife. Yeah, that's, right? that's tough. And so he's in the shower. I'm in the living room in the bunkhouse. We live in the bunkhouse. And he's in the shower, and he yells for me in the shower, Hey, Pete, just fucked your girlfriend. Oh, right? oh that's that sucks. Because he was jerking off in the shower. Yeah. I think, and the only, only girl he could think about, because the only one that he had in his memory, was, uh, was my girlfriend. So he, he used it. And then he told me about it right away. I don't know if that's... Yeah, you probably didn't know how to take that as a compliment or as a, as a disgust. Well, what can you do? You can't tell... Like, if I want to tell you, Beaver, I'm going to jerk off to thinking of your wife's tits tonight. Yeah, that'd be... Yeah, I don't know how I would take it. Yeah, it would be like a mindfuck for you, right? Yeah, it would be a mindfuck. But there's nothing you can do to stop me. No, there's nothing at all. There's nothing at all. It's not polite of me to tell you that no, i'm doing that it's supposed to be internal right but let's face facts here no one's jerking off thinking of anything anymore can you get can you jerk off to your imagination no can you anymore not when you got the internet like right there i mean to do it with my imagination now that would be like trying to start a fire with two sticks you know like it's just not <laughs> it's not 2021 yeah i just there's what is well, there's lighters now you know there's yeah. ways to do it so, like, uh, that's how I feel about uh, memory. So, no matter how beautiful your wife is, Beaver, I'm not going to be, like, conjuring it up. 
Now I've just got tape. <laughs> <laughs> you'd like you'd like that sent over, right? Then I can have something to work with. <laughs> but my memory's not good enough. Dude. No, no, not even a picture anymore. It's got to be. I think it's got to be full action. I don't even pictures. know if I could do a magazine anymore. I don't know. It has to be a good dirty picture, man. When I was at the fertility clinic, uh, I had the option of magazine or video. Oh, really? Yeah. They had this was like way. This was probably five years ago now. At this really nice clinic in Scarborough. So they want fresh jizz there. They don't want you to take it home and bring it to you. Oh, you're not allowed. You're not even allowed your wife in there. Hmm. <clears throat> Too much saliva in the sample, right? I guess. Yeah. Like as in, because uh, like I when I went into all this, I'm like, ah, I would just, just Julie, just go, just tell them, mail mail me the container and we'll bring it in. Oh no, that's not how it works. Just like because I knew a guy, he got a vasectomy, and. uh the lady at the end of it, yeah, because she gives them a sample jar and the requisition form for the lab to bring in your jizz to, right? Yeah. This guy takes it, goes to the bathroom, jerks off in it, brings it back to the receptionist at the doctor's office. Yeah. Right, like right away. <laughs> and she was probably. Like, He's all sweaty. He hands her a thing of his own jizz, and she's like, "No, you go home and do this, and then bring it to a lab." You don't just go over there and jerk <laughs> off into a cup and give it to me. <laughs> like, I don't want you jizz. Yeah, but that's where. Washroom? That, <laughs> what? At least he went in the washroom. Yeah, at least he went in the washroom. Yeah, just just, just like zip, unzip in front of her. Like, just, he, she gives him the cup and he's just like, no, just a second. Ah, there hold, you go. Hold the cup still. Yeah. <laughs> I need more angle. <laughs> yeah, that's how you, that's definitely how you'd film that. Yeah, anyways, uh, I always like thinking about that story. Hmm. I had a nice story, but I heard about my f- friend Mark. Um, <laughs> and uh, it goes with our last week's show where I went to the cl- the, the spa. A- anyways, uh, his wife, uh, she says uh, she went to this. Um, my friend Mark went to the spa with his wife. And uh, they, they're sitting there and they're told, like, you can go change in there. And then here's your robe. And then you come out, right, for the massage. You wait, and then you can take your robe off and get, you know, how they do it. So uh, they go into the change room. They come out in their robes, and uh, Mark says to his wife, you know, hey, uh, do you uh, do you take all your clothes off or just like your... Uh, <laughs> just your main clothes. Just, you know, do you leave your underpants on? And she goes, well, you leave your underpants on, you know, like... And he goes, I'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, go put it back on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was was he open for a happy ending or what? I don't know what he thought. I think he thought you just go bare ass, and he thought I'm just gonna like uh, when in Rome, you like like I'm gonna take Fr- the free bird, free bird. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking, but that's what it's what I, what's so funny about it. Anyways, that's our show for this week. If you'd like to uh, listen again, then please do so and tell a friend if you think they might like it. And by the way, we didn't mention it, but we do have a Patreon, so you can support our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/DutchHall, and then you can be our queen or uh, some other royalty. Or literally be your bitch, do whatever you want for as little as $5 a month. So please do that. But until next week, we will... Uh... Oh, and you can give us feedback, too. Yeah, at uh, lifeinthedutchhall.com or thedutchhall.com or Instagram, t- Facebook, Twitter, all that shit. Now, until next week, we will see you on T. See you next Thursday. See you in T.
the words of G. Like I, my geography teacher when I was in high school.